Hi everybody, I'm Stas Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Ros Weedman is an expert on trust. In fact, when it comes to brand reputation, she's written a book on it. Enhance your reputation, how to build a brand that people want to work for, buy from and invest in, delivers actionable advice to help you build a business that is steeped in trust. She joins us on the show today to explain why trust is such a vital component of business success, how you can gain your customers' trust and what to do should the worst happen and you lose it. Hi, Roz. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thanks. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Glad to hear. I always like a guest that's happy to be here. <laughs> um, now, you are pretty much a, an expert when it comes to matters of reputation. So at the moment, why do you think reputation matters more than ever? Well, what the research is telling us is that, you know, trust is spiralling down Consumer buyer patterns and expectations have changed. Workplace patterns and employee expectations have changed. Building a credible and trustworthy brand with a great reputation is critical. So when you say they've changed, those expectations around trust are, are much higher than they were before? Yes. Well, the the latest trust research that came out earlier this year with the trust, the Edelman Trust Barometer, was showing that, you know, trust continues to spiral down. Um, but interestingly, you know, fake news and false information is now at an all-time high. And, and also, interestingly, distrust is becoming the societal default emotion, I guess you could say, with nearly six out of ten people, um, you know, being feeling a sense of mistrust and then having until something is proven otherwise. Mm. And it's it's in um, big business, it's in our government, it's like it's everywhere we've got this this kind of innate distrust, as you're saying, of, of that anything that's going to be said to us is not necessarily going to be true. So that's a pretty difficult situation to be in for a brand or a business if you're trying to build credibility and trying to show to your customers that you're trustworthy. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the four institutions that they research, you know, which include business, media, government and not-for-profit sector, I mean, out of all those, you know, the the trust is fairly low on all of them. But interestingly, business is the most trusted at 61%. And furthermore, um, my employer was seen as the most trusted. So there's a real opportunity, I feel, for businesses to underline that importance of the relationship between, you know, the employer and their employee and to really tap into those um, beliefs and values that um, that are important to, to staff and to people. Because, again, the research is showing that, you know, people are now buying Um, based on their beliefs and values, as well as choosing their workplace or job assignments based on their beliefs and values. And so those relationships um, to build trust um, require people and CEOs and managers to really tap into what's making people tick. Does that mean we really need to be um, delving into the why, the purpose of a business and why they're doing 
what they're doing and and that's something that every business owner needs to be really clear on. Absolutely. You know, people definitely now expect brands to be more purpose-driven and to stand for more than just products and profit, Um, you know, to act in socially conscious ways that help create a better world. I think that's, you know, no longer is just having a great, um, getting a great salary is, is not driving employees anymore, you know, as much as is this company aligned with what I believe and what I value? I was just going to say it extends to consumers as well. We're all looking more to purchase from businesses and brands that are impact-driven, that have social responsibility as part of their ethos. That is correct. And the same uh, research I was referring to earlier shows that 58% of people will now buy or advocate for brands based on their own beliefs and values and 80% of people will in fact invest in a brand if it aligns with their beliefs and values. Um, so, you know, it is the, the research, the evidence is there showing how how um, important it is that brands, you know, um, build that strong emotional connection by tapping into what those beliefs and values are that are critical to attracting people who you want to work with, people who you'd like to um, do business with. So how do we cultivate that purpose-driven culture then as a business owner? So there's there's a few ways that I would I would recommend. And and firstly, with you know fake news and false information being at an all-time high, I think the quality of information that a business puts out is really quite fundamental. Um, people don't, people's BS radars are quite well honed now. And I think that to re- help restore trust, you know, providing credible information, you know, content on your social platforms that's truthful, unbiased, reliable, you know, um, just putting content out there for both your buyers, your employees and your communities. That's, that's, People are looking for a trusted source of information that they can rely upon. So I think that's one way. The other way that I have found is really important for businesses is to really align their what they think and what they say and what they do and what they give. Um, and that sounds um, simple in one sense, but what it requires is, a, is an organisation to get um, – I guess, a brand alignment between its organisational culture, which embeds its purpose and values and beliefs, and then align that with what it's saying in the marketplace, you know, the the messages it's putting on, they're putting on their websites and in their social media, and then actually delivering on that at the coalface through the customer experience so that they're not creating expectations about a brand promise and they're not being delivered upon. Um, And then... Furthermore, if if you've got a corporate social responsibility program aligning what you give uh, to what is relevant to your organisational culture. So I I feel that alignment is really critical because when it's out of alignment, there's, you know, there's mixed messaging going out. There's, it's just incongruent and people are getting, um, don't, are getting confused and don't really understand what a brand stands for when there's no strategic alignment. Yeah, so what do you do then if you're a business owner and you're pretty clear about why you're doing what you're doing but your brand messaging is kind of all mixed up, as you say, and it's not coming across as unified? What are some steps that you can take to get that in order? 
Well, the first thing is to really get clear on your um, get clear on what your brand stands for. Literally, you know, write out what what it is that you know. Get define your why. Understand that what's behind the what and how of your business, um, and what what values that your brand stands for. And they may be things like um, I don't know. You know, it's different for every brand, but it could be things like. Um, optimism or integrity or um, whatever is relevant to your brand but but turning those into um, statements actionable statements that can then define the behavior of the employees within that brand so it's great to have a, a value like integrity but what does that actually mean if I'm looking at your website how do I know how you're going to demonstrate integrity to me and how do, how do employees, when they look at a value like that, how do they know how to behave um, in terms of what the company expects of them? So I would say you translate your values into trade, you know, actionable behaviours that become your trademark and then people trademark behaviours that people come to expect from you. So I think getting clear on your purpose, getting clear on your values and then infusing those into your marketing message um, that that's what that alignment is all about because there's no point in having a purpose or a value um, if it's then not brought to life through your marketing message. And one of the really great ways of doing that is actually developing a, a brand manifesto because um, some of these statements, you know, visions, missions, values, they can all be a little bit dry on their own. But when you can embody them into uh, a manifesto that's a bit of a declaration of those values and beliefs and your intention, then it becomes a bit of a beacon for your brand and, and then you can put something like a manifesto onto your website, then people get a really clear um, understanding quite quickly about what you stand for and then they can go, hmm, yeah, that matches. I believe that too. I, I wouldn't mind finding out a little bit more about this brand. So what should be in a manifesto then so that it's not just these lofty ideas that kind of sound great but there is kind of no action involved? Yeah, sure. So um, what I've done with my brand manifesto, and there's no real hard and fast rules, but I, what I do is I've infused my purpose and my, um, my, my vision or my mission, and I have articulated um, what my values are so that you, you would, so, you know, and, and my value proposition, interestingly. So <laughs> I've packed a lot into it and, and I've kind of also written about what success looks like because of those things you know like I'll know when I've been successful when you know the positive ripple effect of my clients work enhances their reputation because you know what I'm engaged to do for my clients is to build credible and trusted brands and as a result of that the positive ripple effect of their work enhances their reputation and so that's I've made that clear in my manifesto and um, so it kind of brings to life what I stand for but also what I deliver and what I see success as. So what about if you've done that, you've you've gotten clear on your purpose, you've got a good team, you know, everyone's culturally aligned, you're all driving for the same thing but maybe you're in a market that has some big competitors so you're kind of weak in terms of um, your position or or your branding position how can you elevate your brand then well there's three main 
I guess, powerful brand positioning strategies that I would recommend to any brand, whether they're big or small. And, you know, I think there's, I think we can get a little caught up with trying to compete with some of the big, bigger brands. And I, I, everyone's on their, you know, running their own race. I don't really worry about what other bigger brands are doing. I just worry about um, being authentic in my own brand space. And, and what I recommend though is first is to understand what you stand for. Get, and we've already spoken about that. The second one is, understand the problem you solve for the clients that you work with. So that's, you know, getting really clear on that that specialist problem-solving expertise that you're offering that's remarkably different to what others are offering. Um, And, again, being remarkably different is the third one. So, you know, really understand, um, be clear. You know, the brand archetype framework provides a good... um, you know, something that business owners can use to get help them get clear on their their uh, the brand image that they they're wanting to project, and then you know, using language and tonality that is consistent with that. So, for example, you know, Mercedes Benz is a prestige brand, so it will use language, um, you know, the language of 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 um, excellence, you know. You know, and a confident tonality because it's understanding that it's it's the attributes of you know status and significance are really important to the people who buy those vehicles. So brands need to get, um, you know, again align their their language um, with their brand identity and image, and um, that's consistent with their what they stand for. Mm. And you spoke a bit about social media earlier. Is social media a really good opportunity for businesses to? not only boost their public profile but to explore that authenticity? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, we're all creating expansive digital footprints nowadays and, you know, we're on all different platforms. What I would say is, you know, perhaps don't spread yourself too thin. Be on platforms where the people who you want to connect with actually hang out, you know, so... That could be LinkedIn and Facebook or it could be Instagram and LinkedIn or it could be TikTok and Facebook. It depends who who you're wanting to connect with and where your um, target markets um, are congregating. And uh, and what I would say is choose a, um, you know, get be consistent. I mean, whether you're posting once or three times or five times a week, um, do, don't try and put pressure on yourself because that's when you can come unstuck. You know, it all gets a bit much because you start putting pressure on yourself. But, you know, maybe start with once a week, uh, twice a week, but be consistent and plan for it. And um, because people, once you start, uh, that familiarity can build trust as well. Um, just seeing you, like I try to post on my socials at the same time on the same days each week so that my the people who are following me can um, get that familiarity and know when I'm going to show up. Yeah, it is. That consistency is important. As you say, it does build trust into the relationship because, you know, your customers or your audience, whomever they are, are then able to rely on the fact that, oh, you know, it's Monday, Ros is going to post about something today and there might be some great advice from you there. Like it's, it is very important, isn't it, to remain consistent? Yeah, look, it really is. And, and you know, most people who are social media gurus will, you know, that's that's one of the, the rules of thumb that they would say. Whatever you do, be consistent. So what are some other strategies that 
that business owners might be able to put into place to kind of enhance their reputation? You know, one of the really powerful ones I think that's, um, we know when, like you said earlier, when you've got people who are um, representing your brand, who are working for you, they're already representing your brand, you know, in their interactions with clients or on the phone at the coalface. You know, allow them to be brand ambassadors for you. Uh, the people who work for you, um, you know, you look at um, Richard Branson, you know, he he's famous for putting his staff ahead of customers because, you know, if he takes care of them, they're doing his, um, they're doing, you know, reputation development for him because they're going home speaking to their families and their friends about what a, what a wonderful brand it is. And, you know, they're, so I would say empower your people to be brand ambassadors for you to help build reputation. Because at the end of the day, you know, reputation is a bit of a sum total of what everyone thinks and feels about you. Now, of course, everyone has a different experience with a brand, but it's about trying to work with your different stakeholders, whether it's buyers or whether it's investors or whether it's employees, and and helping people to um, be the brand ambassador. And then, you know, people are starting to refer you and uh, and before you know it, you know, your brand is building upon itself. And being good in character. Yeah, it's, it is great that you mentioned that because I think a lot of times when people think of brand ambassadors, they think of, you know, you've gone out and you've got an influencer to to work with you with your brand. But in fact, you know, your employees, your staff, whether you've only got one person working for you or you've got hundreds of people working for you, all those people that work for you provide an opportunity for you to have them reaching out and speaking on behalf of your brand so you want them to show up with the same kind of values as you yes that's that's totally right and when you know when you have employees that are um i guess you'd say on the same page about what the brand stands for and the the purpose of the and the vision and you know strong leadership of course can drive that but when people show up to work and understand what they make beyond manufacturing widgets, you know, what, what they do and the value of what they do. Um, it, it just creates cohesion as well. It creates engagement and people feel valued for their contributions. And so the whole thing is really um, just builds morale, builds productivity, it builds connection. So you've recently put all your advice down on paper with a new book, Enhance Your Reputation. Can you tell us a bit about that and why you decided it was time to finally share all your advice? <laughs> Thank you, yes. Oh, look, I'm pretty passionate about this and um, this this book is, in a way, my heart book. I, I am pretty passionate about um, Enhance Your Reputation, but the subtitle is you know, how to build a brand people want to work for, buy from and invest in. And to me, that's that message is just so critical because it, it and so what I'm hoping to do through the book is to be, I guess, give a message of inspiration um, that, that, you know, th this can be done no matter how, you don't have to be a big brand to be purpose-driven. You know, you can be, I know many, many small businesses that are just doing wonderful things in their local communities and making a big difference and some of those case studies are within the book. But it's also quite an accessibly written book with some lots of practical tips on how you can align your brand um, 
you know, I think as humans we we trust people who, you know, um, do and say what, you know, who say they're going to do something and then they do it. So I, I'm just applying that same pretty simple logic to the business process. Um, it's not rocket science, but it's not so easy to achieve. Um, you know, you've got to work at it. You can't just assume that people are all going to be on the same um mindset or pages you as the owner you've got to work you know hard to build a um a culture that's positive and optimistic and values driven and aligned to that purpose so that you know you can't just take it for granted and this book helps them to achieve that yeah like it helps them articulate that that vision and mission and the core values yeah it certainly does and there's there's quite a few examples in there of some of the brands I think who have articulated them well because you know I've seen a lot of um there's a lot of confusion I think about what a mission and a vision and a you know purpose statement is and what is the distinctions between them and I've tried to provide that in in the book Mm. um mm. what would you say they are in a nutshell what's the difference between your vision and your mission okay um well I guess uh the vision is really uh I guess I'll start with purpose. The purpose is is the why. I guess it's 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 that kind of what is the um, the reason that you exist. You know what what is it that higher purpose that you can tap into that ignites the fire within. You know what is the purpose of the brand, and then the vision is what does the world look like as a result of that purpose. You know, like a vision is an aspirational, outward focused statement that that defines an end result like world vision their vision is a world without poverty you know it's 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 what they see the world is as a result of their work and a mission is is the journey it's who we're going to be it's what we're going to be doing exceptionally well every day as we take strides towards the achievement of our vision so in, in, in essence, how we're de- the per- mission is how we're delivering on our purpose to achieve the vision, to create that positive ripple effect that we want to create and achieve a world that we're, we'd love to live in. Mm. And when it all comes together, that's when you get a brand that um, people want to buy from and work for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So, um, yeah, so, but, you know, it's, it's not just culture though. You know, you have to then deliver that at the customer coalface, you know, through customer experience. You know, if you say you stand for customer, excellent customer service, then make sure you are world-class at delivering that. (laughs) So what happens if you've got all that right? Like, you you know, you are a, a, your vision and your mission, your purpose, it's all aligned, but yet you're not able to attract the right kind of customers, for example. How could you work on fixing that? If you do believe that you've got your cultural pillars in place let's call them but you still can't attract um enough customers um or or enough employees for example and that's a a challenge let's face it there's you know skills shortages across most industries at the moment um but i guess perhaps there's there could be something not quite right with your marketing strategy and so you know maybe you're just not um going about connecting in the right way you know maybe you're not utilizing the right social platforms maybe you're not 
um, you know, doing enough business networking or creating enough relationships. So, you know, you've got to translate that. You've got to translate those cultural pillars um, into your marketing strategy. So it kind of all comes back to the connection and communication piece as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about communication and, you know, we, we definitely live in an over-communicated world at the moment. You know, there's lots of messages out there in the marketplace and to cut through that distraction um, is, you know, is a challenge for all business owners. Um, but uh, definitely in, if you the critical thing is to have that alignment, but it doesn't happen just thinking about it. You've actually got to also have a strategy behind that to leverage Otherwise, you know, you could be on the wrong platforms, for example. You know, they, as they say, content is king, but distribution wears the pants. You know, you've got to actually um, build your profile in a strategic way um, by using um, the right marketing strategies and tools and tactics in to get that message out to the right people at the right place at the right time. Mm. So then finally, just on that note, what are some ways to help you build your public profile if you're a bit unsure about how to go about it? So some of the things we've talked about today would be relevant to that, um, you know, being consistent on social media. I think the best thing is, is to sit down and plan plan a bit of a, um, a publishing um, plan and, and, a, and a, have a bit of an ecosystem around where you want to publish. You know, perhaps you can identify identify the social platforms you want to be on and what's the purpose of those? You know, and what, what's the purpose of your message? Um, identify some, you know, perhaps some online magazines or newsletters or podcasts, <laughs> for example, you know, where that might be relevant to to help get your message out. And um, and then you can have a bit of a monthly plan around, well, what themes can I focus on this month? And, and, and then you can unpack that theme around different topics and try and create a regime around posting and, and then, you know, you can also augment that with running some free webcasts for people, you know, get on LinkedIn and, and promote the fact that, you know, upcoming I've got a, a free webinar on XY topic, um, love you to come along, do some personal invitations to your connections on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you don't have to do everything by doing a boosted post on and paying for a sponsored ad. You know, there's lots of things that you can do, but it's a bit of an integrated approach. I don't think it's just one thing. I think you've got to do a number of things. And um, finding partners you can collaborate with that maybe have the same kind of audience as you? You know, forming um, strategic alliances is is a, is a, is a big thing, and I, I'm all for that. I have a number of strategic alliances alliances who I work with and you know through that that um those relationships we refer each other work and and we again talk about trust you know like I can absolutely put my hand on my heart and you know connect my clients with a a graphic designer or a website or a digital marketer for example so and I think once you build that reputation um forming strategic alliances becomes easier because you're building that credibility you've got street cred already already you know if you're building your brand um getting out there then you know that credibility authenticity is building your brand um your brand standing within the marketplace and people want to be associated with people who have a great reputation mm. 
Thank you so much, Roz. That's great advice. Now, where can we get your book? Okay, so it, it is available directly from my website, which is www.rosweedman.com. So I'll just spell that out. R-O-S-W-E-A-D-M-A-N.com. Excellent. Well, I hope uh, lots of people buy it because it's certainly a great read. And if you're looking to enhance your reputation, Roz has got a book that is jam-packed full of advice that's really actionable for business owners. Thank you again for joining me today, Roz. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thank you.